Hello folks, I'm Joel Van Hoogen and this is the Bread of Life. Our program is supported by your gifts, but it's brought to you out of the heart of two ministries. One is Church Partnership Evangelism, where I've been the executive director for over 30 years. We're a disciple-making ministry among the nations. To learn more about us, go to cpeonline.org or traincpe.org. The second ministry is the Mission Fellowship of Bread of Life, where I'm the Bible teacher. We meet in the Old White Church in the Warm Springs area of Boise for worship every Sunday at 11 a.m. Please consider this my invitation to you to join us. For now, we take up again a consideration of true repentance. Today, we'll put the tape back a bit and consider that repentance is taking up God's prosecution against us and confessing that all He says against us is true. We are sinners. Our sins are serious, as serious as an everlasting and just hell. Our attempts to remove our sins in righteous deeds is useless because our very righteousness is stained with selfishness. And finally, Our reluctance to make this confession is because we have resisted submitting to God as Lord of all, and until we do, we are unbelieving rebels against Him. That, folks, is a confession of true repentance, and it is an experience essential to your salvation. That is, that God has a desire that we would grow deeper and deeper into His realities. And as a result, we have to find the principal things of our faith and they have to move on to the greater and greater depths of that faith. And here's one of the principles of the faith. Now, let me just say one thing to you. I might have to come back to this next week. You cannot leave a place that you have not been. And so what we're being told here is, here is a place that you need to come to. Not only that, it's called the principal things. That is the first things, and we're to go beyond them. You cannot go beyond the first things until first you get to the first things. You cannot go to second base, right? Until you pass first base. What is first base? What is it we're to move beyond? Here it says, let us leave the doctrine of the first principles of Christ. Let us press on into maturity or perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God. There's a phrase there, repentance from dead works. This is a little different. The book of Hebrews is a book that is highlighting the Judaic system. It's highlighting the Levitical system with all of the sacrifices. And in the system, individuals would come and they'd offer these sacrifices and there would be all these various ways in which the necessity of a priest interceding for them and interceding a sacrifice on the behalf of their sins was offered up. And in that system, sacrifices were made morning and evening. And when a person knew that they had sinned, they would have to bring their own sin offering. If a person had a certain sickness, they'd have to bring an offering to find cleansing from that sickness. All these various sacrifices were instituted. And what they were teaching the nation of Israel over and over and over again was that there had to be a sacrifice made for their sins. And they looked to these sacrifices and they did not believe that those animals that were slain had any intrinsic power to take their sins away. And they did not believe that somehow their just following the rules of sacrifice had any intrinsic power to take their sins away. Not initially. What they believed was in that act, they were trusting in a God who would provide a sacrifice sufficient for their sins. And they were looking through that act to a merciful and just God who would provide a means of sacrifice to bring forgiveness for their sins. 
That's why they had to offer it over and over and over and over again. Because over and over and over again, they renewed their faith and trusting in Him. Something happened in the nation of Israel. Something changed. They no longer looked through faith in those sacrifices to the provision God would provide, but they began to look through the act itself and think, I am forgiven by offering this sacrifice. I'll do whatever's wrong, but it doesn't matter. i got a good, healthy lamb over here I can provide for sacrifice, and it'll all be okay. I'll just go over, I'll go through the procedures, I'll follow the things, I'll go to the right place, I'll go to the temple, I'll make sure that we've got the little priesthood here on place, and everything will be good. It's like a mafioso man who says, I'll commit all my crimes as long as I go to Mass on Saturday afternoon. I'll just genuflect a little bit, I'll say a little prayer, I'll hope the priest comes around and sprinkles a little holy water on me, I'll take down that wafer, I'm good. And the trust is in just following these procedures. But the heart of it, the truth of it, the life of it, a faith in the provision, a faith in what it reveals and what it directs us to, it didn't exist. This is how something becomes dead. You know, the Bible says in James that faith without works is dead. That says that if you take away the living element of that faith from it, it's dead, it's, it's meaningless, it's just a husk, it's, it's just a shell. If a person says, I believe, but they have no tenets in their life to turn that belief into a living trust where they live and trust and obey and follow, well, then it's dead. It's empty of its content. When you go and look at the offerings and you say, we're just going to follow these procedures and hope that following these procedures and believe that this will satisfy God and will be just, you've removed it of its content and it's dead. It's just dead works. What he's saying is your religion is just a bunch of dead works. Your good works, your moral behavior, your good deeds, all that religiosity is dead works. And you, nation of Israel, the author of Hebrews is writing to the Hebrews, you need to repent of your dead works. Because Jesus Christ has fulfilled all these things, and if you cannot believe in Him, you are turning your face away from the very one who is the essence of life in all those things. The very one who made these things living testaments of God's saving grace. Because He is the life behind the sacrificial system. He is the essence of the faith that your fathers were embracing. You reject Him. You don't have faith. You just have dead works. So a Christian lives to serve God and please Him and honor Him. And he does it out of joy and satisfaction because of the grace that he's received. But another generation comes along and says, well, we just follow all these things because it's what we've always done and it's what I, makes me feel good about myself. It makes me feel like a respectable person and it's just dead works. And then they think, you know, God, why wouldn't God accept me? I'm a good person. I pray. I tithe. I'm not like that tax collector over there. I know I sin, but I'm, my sins aren't as bad as his sins. And he's adding up the coinage of dead works. No. What we have to do is take God's argument against ourselves and recognize that none of our righteous acts, none of our works can cleanse us or wash away our sins. That all of our righteousness are like filthy rags. We have to say what Paul said when he evaluated all those works that he conducted as a Pharisee. Take yourselves to Philippians chapter 3 and we'll end there for today. Philippians chapter 3, verse 4 through 9. Paul is going to evaluate all of the good deeds. This man would have been stellar. If you would have seen him, you would have thought, I don't know if I know of a more careful, disciplined, righteous person than Paul. 
I also might have confidence in the flesh. If anyone else thinks he may have confidence in the flesh, I more so. I was circumcised of the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews. Concerning the law of Pharisee, concerning zeal, I persecuted the church. Concerning righteousness, which is in the law, I was blameless. But what things were gained to me, I have counted loss for Christ. Yet indeed, I count all things lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, by whom I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them but rubbish or dung, that I may gain Christ and be found in Him, not having my own righteousness. Now I've stood against that. I'm standing against it right now. That's the spirit of repentance. Not having my own righteousness, which is by the law, dead works, but that which is through faith in Jesus Christ. The righteousness which is from God by faith. His righteousness covering me and cleansing me. All that Christ is is the answer for all that I need. That's a real change of mind. That's a radical thing. That's not an easy switch to flip. Unless God awakens you. Unless God awakens you. And you see that all that you have is condemnation and all of your good works are worthless. And you see that your only hope is a Savior who is righteous in every way, who has died for your sin. Have you seen that? Is there still some trace of religion, some way of doing things that you're putting your confidence in? Still some place that you position yourself, that this will satisfy God? Some idea or concept that you're clinging to, that just thinking it, intellectually embracing it, is enough? Or is your mind completely changed? Let's bow our heads and let's pray. God, by your Spirit, keep us in the state of repentance. May it be the point at which we began and the point at which we continue and even the point at which we come before this table. How do we drink of this table worthily? If not with the right attitude, if not from your side of the argument that we are sinners, we agree, that our sins deserve everlasting punishment and sorrow and agony, we agree, that our righteous acts cannot remove a single one of these sins, but would only smear the stain. We agree. But that Christ has come to save sinners and that Christ became sin for us who knew no sin in order that we might be made the righteousness of God and that we who trust in Him may be forgiven and have eternal life. This we repentingly agree with. God, I pray for any person here who's clinging on to anything else, holding on to anything else, who would like to offer you a portion of that, would like to say, I'm a sinner, but I'm not as bad as another person. I've committed sins that deserve judgment, but not significant judgment. At least I do some good things. God, anyone who's compromising with your declaration and hasn't come all the way over to your side, awaken them this morning. Help them to realize their only hope is in the blood of Jesus Christ shed for their sins.
his life given to them. And we'll give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. With this in mind, we'll continue to talk about repentance in the weeks to come. I've said before that I think repentance is one of the kindest words in Scripture. Because it also tells us that there's a provision for us. There's a provision for sinners. There's a provision for our sins. There's provision for our corrupt self-righteousness. Something that God would exchange it for. It's all Christ's sacrifice on our behalf. If it wasn't there, why turn? But it is. God says, repent and believe the gospel. Repent and turn to God and do acts befitting repentance. What's the act befitting the repentance? It's receiving all the life of Jesus Christ, all of his provision, and the expressions of your justice. Oh, Jesus, thank you. Condemned though we be, you became sin for us and bore the wrath, your righteous wrath against our sins upon your own body. Thank you for your sacrifice in our place. Thank you for the victory and the freedom that you win for us and the forgiveness. Now we come to you. We celebrate this life. And we give you all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thank you for listening to the ministry of the Bread of Life. To learn more about our ministry, let me suggest you go to one of two websites. First, go to traincpe.org traincpe.org to learn more about the work we're doing all over the world to equip and engage the body of Christ in personal evangelism, discipleship, and church planting. Or to learn about our work in your community, go to breadoflifeboise.org. Until the next time, God bless you.